Hi everyone, I am your host, Mary Rose Shanahan, and you are very welcome to Come Here To Me podcast, where every week I will be joined by inspiring guests who will share insights, experiences, and ideas that will help you become 1% better every day. Hi everyone, welcome to episode number four of Come Here To Me podcast. I am joined by Sarah Klopi, also known as Saz C, underscore PT on Instagram. With almost 7,000 followers, Sarah is an online fat loss and life coach. She is trying to break the binge restrict cycle and has recently released her own ebook. We discuss all things nutrition, binge eating and how to approach life with a simple and enjoyable approach. This is an episode where I'm sure everyone will have some tip or trick to take away. Welcome for coming on my podcast. I'm delighted to have you today. Thank you for having me. Um, perfect so for anyone listening Sarah do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself and how you got into the whole fitness industry and nutrition um so basically I started training about maybe 10 years ago at this stage which is actually terrifying (laughs) because that means I'm old now but I started kind of at the back of what a lot of people start off with is I broke up with my boyfriend (laughs) and I wanted to get back to him so (laughs) So I got into the gym and I started training and I kind of, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I reached out to other PTs that were inside the gym and I kind of actually got a lot of my, my information from Instagram at the time. Um, I realized that I started posting, I I started posting things about like protein bars and all this kind of stuff uh, back in like 20, I think it was like 2016 or actually before that it was. I think it must have been like 2012 or something. I don't know. It was ages ago anyway. And that's obviously when I started to kind of get a little more serious about it. And that's when I was getting help. Um, so I started to reach out to PTs and they would show me kind of what to do. And I'd start looking at these massive physique models that were on Instagram. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to be that. But I was doing all the wrong things. So I was doing like stupid diets and things like that. And it was miserable. And <laughs> it was like training all the time. Um, and not eating what I was meant to eat uh, or else what I thought I should be eating which was like salads and things like that so after an amount of time I kind of tried every diet under the sun and I decided I didn't want to kind of go through that horrible feeling that dieting is Um, there was a stage there where I kind of gave up for a while where I was just like oh I'm never going to get there it's never going to happen and I reached out to um, a different coach it was actually recalibrated bodies at the time And that was my first kind of step towards like flexible, I'm doing inverted commas here, but flexible dieting. Um, And I remember when I was first given my calories, uh, it was like 2,400. And I was like, this has to be wrong because I was so used to like dieting on such low calories. Like I thought it had to be like a thousand calories and you had to be doing stuff all the time. So that was my first kind of um, encounter with actual flexible dieting. And that's kind of who I who I owe my mindset towards, uh, well, who I owe my mindset for changing towards, I suppose, is recalibrated bodies for putting me there. Um, and then once I kind of started working in the industry, that's when I started really learning more about nutrition and doing my own little separate course. So, yeah, it's been a long journey, basically. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. And I think, like, you know, to, to be honest, in my opinion, I do think that there is a lot of unqualified people in the industry that are going out to people with these plans and they're completely unrealistic 
Um, yeah. So then when you are like partnered with a coach who is saying, you know, you can enjoy yourself on this amount of calories, it's very refreshing. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's so important to make sure that when you are going to, you know, p- picking, if you are going to pick a coach that, you know, they are, you are making sure that they're educated. And like you said, just because your coach isn't the one who's in the best physique, doesn't yeah. mean that they're not the best educated because that's often the time is that I feel like we do pick a lot of our personal trainers and nutrition guides based on how they look and not actually on how qualified or educated they are. 100%. There's so many trainers, especially now with the whole lockdown thing, that have kind of come out of the woodwork um, by just doing these one-off courses. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people going for them and it, it just makes me scared because I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, you have to, you don't have to, but I just think that when you're, especially an online coach, I do think you have to have a certain amount of time that you've been working with the public one-to-one. Like I've been working in the industry, I'd say for about eight years now. And I spent most of that time one-to-one building up my clientele and like learning how to deal with people and learning how to deal with real life problems. And only since I kind of mastered that, was I able to fully like move online and like be successful online. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah, I think it's just a thing that a lot of PTs are doing at the moment. It's just they're doing these courses and going straight into it, and I'm like, oh, you just scare me because <laughs> I'm gonna have to fix that client in a couple of months' time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, so something, um, so I've been following you at a moment now, and something I've noticed on your page is that you you talk a lot about binging. Um, for peop- so for people listening, would you be able to explain what binging is just in case anyone is binging and they don't realise what it is, um, just to, to give us a small bit of information about it? Okay, so there is a couple of types of binging. Um, now, there's obviously like binge eating disorder, which is an actual disorder that I wouldn't be qualified to coach someone through. Um, but there's like disordered eating patterns and stuff like that, which is what binging would be in my terms, uh, which is what I help people through. And it's... It comes from a place of just being really super restrictive um, and just thinking you can't have certain things and you have to do, like I was saying at the start for my, like my own journey, I thought I had to stick to a thousand calories and do all this kind of stuff. That in turn leads to binging when you get super restrictive. So it's about trying to, it's about trying to basically alter someone's mindset and get them away from limiting themselves to certain things because if you limit everything you're going to end up just overeating everything and then they think they've failed and then it just kind of starts all over again so the binging cycle might start off with you being like okay today i'm going to be really good and you'll have eggs for breakfast you'll have a salad for lunch and you'll have a salad for dinner but then what will happen is you might have chocolate in the evening and it was off plan so you feel like you failed and then you binge and then you start again the next day and it keeps going and keeps going. So that's what the most common binge is. And it's the one that's most commonly treated and easily treated just by the little mindset shifts. So, yeah. That's great. And like I find now that um, since COVID happened, obviously um, I've been working from home. So I've never worked from home before. So it's really easy. I was able to schedule all my meals, have them in the office. So when I come home from work, um, so it's really easy to stick to my plan. But obviously, mm-hmm. because of that working from home now, I just find that I'm constantly being pulled to the fridge. Um, so snacking and to be honest, I think it's a mixture of boredom and that I'm not even hungry. So I'm just like, yeah. I'm doing it for the sake. So do you have any tips or tricks for people who are working from home who are just finding it really hard with snacking? They can't stop binging and finding themselves going to the fridge. 
So it's probably the, probably the main thing is the fact that people want to stop snacking. Uh, people automatically think that snacking is a bad thing. Um, it's not. It's just you eating and there's nothing wrong with eating. So uh, when you can kind of move your mindset <clears throat> away from the part of it being this bad thing that you must stop, it becomes easier to manage. But it could also be a case of maybe you aren't including all the bits that you want to include. So instead of you trying to take away that snacking, why don't you just allocate a certain amount for the snacks? Um, or you could also just make your meals a whole lot bigger because maybe you aren't as satisfied as you think you are. Um, so that could be that you could add someone like might only be having 100 grams of potato or something with their chicken and their veg. Instead of just having 100 grams, why not just have like 250, 300 grams and then you're actually going to be fully satisfied. So it could be a case of that maybe you're not fully satisfied or maybe you are being restrictive and you don't realize it. Um, so either incorporate a snack, um, make your meals bigger or just plan a little better. Yeah, like I definitely find what helps me now from stopping um, from snacking is like on Sunday, Sunday's my plan day. So it's where I go, I guess, like if you have the Chinese takeaway boxes, even just any lunch box at all, plan out your dinners in advance and have everything organised. That definitely stops me from binging as well. Um, but say now for someone like myself who has a sweet tooth, um, you know, I'm always kind of craving chocolates or crisps or jellies. So like, do you have any um, alternative or options that are healthy snacks? So you're not going to like my answer. I don't like doing alternatives um, because you're craving something for a reason. You're craving something because you need that something. It could be it could be a comfort thing or it could be that your body is actually craving like some sort of nutrient that's in that food and you just need to have that food. If you go and have the alternative, you're still going to want that thing that you've been craving. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I think instead of trying to always try to find like an alternative, like some people would be like, oh, I made these protein balls instead of having my bar of chocolate. At the end of the day, you're going to eat that protein ball, but later on you're still going to be like, fuck, I'd love, I'm sorry, <laughs> rehearsing, but I'd love, <laughs> I'd love some chocolate and you're still going to want that chocolate. So that want is never going to go away unless you actually satisfy it. And when you start including those things and satisfying those cravings, that's when you get a control over them and you find that you don't actually crave them anymore. Yeah. Um, like, it's very rare that I get cravings because I allow myself everything. There's nothing yeah. that I ever say no to. And um, even if I've planned my day and I've decided that, oh, tonight I'm going to have whatever. But if I change my mind, I allow myself to have whatever it is, even if it does put me over my calories. Because I'm like, yeah. at the end of the day, I could deny myself this right now, but it might come back to haunt me tomorrow or the next day. And then I'll end up binging on that thing that I, did not, I denied myself in the first place. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And like, I think like it's so important to have the balance that way, because I find that's why a lot of people fall off the bandwagon with having a healthy relationship with food is because they're restricting themselves for so long. And then when it comes to, you know, they just like and then they're like, look, this isn't sustainable. I can't I can't keep this consistency up with this food. And, you know, like, you know, you know, it's too hard and everything. So like it is so important if you are craving that something to give yourself. It, you know, we are we are only humans at the end of the day. We're not robots. Like, you know, we will yeah. have wants for food and stuff and everything like which yeah. is very natural. Last night, last night I was um, I was planning on cooking dinner and it got to the end of the day and I was actually just really tired. And I was like, you know what I'd love? I'd love a Supermax. So went, got a Supermax. I got a normal burger. I got taco chips and I got a chocolate muffin and ice cream. <laughs> it did put me over my calories by like three or four hundred, but I'm not here stressing about it today. And I'm not yeah. thinking about that chocolate muffin and ice cream because I had it yesterday. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can now move on and be like, okay, grand, get back to nutrients and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. And like saying out, you know, I read your story actually on Instagram about your past relationship with food and everything. 
And like, so if someone does come that they associate food just like naturally automatic bad relationship, do you know, like if we do have someone who's coming from a bad history where they have binged, they've had a bad relationship, like how does one go about to fix that and to try and lead, like try and change that relationship? Um, what kind of tips would you have for that? So what I kind of do with people is I, I have in their consultation form, basically I get them to do me a shopping list and I get them to write down things that they avoid. Um, so those things that they avoid, like let's say they do it not because they don't like it, but because, you know, it's not a diet food or they have a gluten intolerance and they definitely don't, but <laughs> they think they do. So what I do is I kind of go off that avoid list and I kind of ask them questions about those foods to determine if they are being restrictive with those foods or if it's like an actual dietary reason that they can't have it. And if it turns out that I think that it's just um, an avoidance because they're afraid of them, I get them to work them in every day. Um, so a little bit of something that they're kind of scared of every day is what I start with. And then they kind of get used to it and they realize they don't have a gluten intolerance and they can eat bread. <laughs> um, so that's what I get them to do is I just get them to work it in. The more frequently we can have that in our like normal day to day life, the less control it has over you and the less you're going to the less you're going to binge on it, basically. You can't binge on something if, you, if you're used to having it. You're like, no one ever binges on, like, vegetables. <laughs> you know, like, we're yeah. used to having We don't binge on them. There's things that we just deny, and when we deny, we binge. Yeah. That's definitely so true. Like, as in, um, like, coming from West Cork and from, like, a, a country background, um, um, white bread would have been the holy grail of our household. Um, mm. So I always associated white bread with the devil. Do you know, like, you know, yeah. if you eat white bread, you're going to put on weight. Um, so again, like that, and I like it's white bread is such a staple, like staple piece in a diet as well. And it's something something a lot of people avoid. So I think it is just about finding like not ha like everything is fine in moderation. So as long as you're yeah. not having too much of it every day, then it's okay. Yeah, I had three slices of white bread now this morning, and <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. You know, there's literally nothing wrong with it. Um, and it's just about creating that that kind of approach where you're just not limiting yourself and you're not telling yourself that these things affect you in ways that they just don't. And yeah. the majority of people that do fill out that consultation form think that they have a gluten intolerance. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> I think that's kind of a... I think it's almost like a trend at the moment that everyone's gluten-free. Um, because it wasn't oh, thing like really 10 years ago, sure, everyone was eating everything and there's nothing wrong with them. But all of yeah. a sudden, people are complaining left, right, and centre about gluten intolerance. But how many of those people have actually gone to a dietitian to oh consult to it? No, um, oh, perfect. Um, so another thing, what I notice is like on my period, like obviously you're going to have extra cravings. Um, so like you know, is there anything we could do around um our period with like our nutrition? Um, like say how we could prepare coming up to our period and like how to mentally ready ourselves for what we might want to be to have. Okay, great timing because I am super PMSy today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so basically, uh, what some people don't do is they don't track where they are in their cycle. They don't track their period and things like that. And I think it's important to create awareness about where you are in your cycle because it does have a huge impact on your mindset, how you're feeling, your mood, everything. Um, so first of all, it's really important to track that. And I get my clients to use the Clue app. Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but you can just basically track your symptoms. You can track when your period starts, when it ends, what kind of when it was how you're feeling, if you've got a breakout, all that kind of stuff. Because all that, knowing all of that information does help kind of going forward. So when you're on your period, you're going to burn 
more calories naturally. Now, it's not a huge amount of calories and it's going to differ for each person, but it's also good to know that we can bring them up. Um, I kind of get my client, it depends person to person. So it's not kind of like, it's not one brush painting everyone. It's um, someone might be on their period and they might not find any symptoms whatsoever and they might be well able to stick to deficit and have no cravings and it'll be fine. So those people, amazing, that's absolutely fab. But there are other people then that absolutely can't do that and they crave everything and they don't want to move and they want takeaway and all that kind of stuff. So I just suggest bringing your calories up to maintenance. So that's obviously considering if you're someone who's in a deficit. So if you bring your calories up to maintenance, it just kind of gives you more room to play with and you can kind of accept that you might not make progress that week, but it'll keep you, it'll keep your mindset in the right space, which is the most important thing. Um, so I think bringing your calories up and allowing yourself the things that you want but also trying to get some nutrients in as well, because that's what's going to make you feel good. Like I just chatted on my story there a few minutes ago about how I'm PMSy this morning and I was craving oxtail soup for breakfast. So <laughs> I had oxtail soup and three slices of bread for breakfast because that's just what I wanted. And I could continue for the rest of the day to keep eating shit, but I will still continue to feel like shit if I do that. So I've had that, that like this morning. And I'm going to try now for the rest of the day just get more nutrients and more water into me. And I still will have chocolate and bits throughout the day, yeah. but I just will prioritize the nutrients. So track your cycle. You can bring your calories up um, and try and focus on getting nutrients in, but also allowing yourself the stuff that you are craving because that's what's going to keep you in the right mindset. Yeah, definitely. I actually read this really um, interesting point um this week was that for christmas so you know if you are craving like when you're in your period or at christmas if you are craving snacks so like do the say now do a rule where you pick a number to so say now i'm going to have 10 snacks today so like say now if you had like you know i don't know 10 of the chocolate bars or something or five or four if you pick a number then that makes then it kind of it brings awareness to how much you're actually eating um yeah so you so you're able to kind of like control it more rather than just aimlessly going in blind and just like eating all around you when you're craving stuff um, yeah that's why I get my clients to kind of track the night before is so that they have something to kind of go off. They have some plan to go off, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to stick to it rigidly. Uh, it just means that they have something to work with rather than just kind of free rolling it and hoping for the best. Because when we hope for the best, it doesn't usually work. <laughs> so <laughs> if you can just plan it, like plan in advance, plan those things in and be realistic with your cravings and stuff and realistic with what you are going to want. Because I know some people will be like, okay, I'll just have two squares of dark chocolate this evening and that'll be my treat. But realistically, nobody wants dark chocolate over normal chocolate. Like, mm -hmm. so you may as well just have your normal chocolate, don't have two squares, have the whole bar and then move on from it instead of mm -hmm. just allocating a tiny little fraction. Yeah. And just allocate the, the amount that you want and be realistic. Yeah, that's so true. And like anything, just having, like just being organized and disciplined at the end of the day and it will make your life a lot easier. Um, so I suppose like um, like I'm in the process of becoming a personal trainer at the moment and like before <laughs> with Image Fitness so um, exciting times ahead um, thank you so uh, before I started my program um, and before when I used to go to the gym when I was younger I didn't have a clue about calories I didn't have a clue how many I should be on or what I was on and then I started hearing the words calorie surplus and calorie deficit and mm -hmm. I didn't have a clue what the hell they meant um, and like, you know, how many calories I should be on to lose weight or to main weight yeah. or to gain muscle. So would you be able to just talk us through the process of like the difference of a calorie surplus and a calorie deficit? Yeah. So basically a calorie deficit is you're you're burning more calories than you're consuming. 
um, which leads to like fat loss. And then you've got calorie maintenance where you're eating the same amount as you're burning. Um, and then your surplus then is when you're eating more than you're burning. So that's how you lead to gain. Um, I think people often forget about that maintenance middle um, because people automatically assume when they go over their calories, let's say if they're in a deficit, that they're automatically into that surplus, but they're actually not. They're, they're probably still within their deficit, but just less of a deficit. Um, so... Yeah, basically, if you're trying to calculate your calories, um, the majority of my clients are usually fat loss, unless I try to move them into a maintenance or a gaining phase. But the majority of them kind of start off with fat loss. So to calculate your calories is actually really easy. And there's loads of different kind of um, kind of calculations you can use. But I just like the really easy one, which is your body weight in pounds. And then you multiply it by a range of 10 to 12. And that will give you a range of your um, deficit. Those numbers are never going to be super accurate or anything like that but it's just a gauge for you to kind of start your journey on and a lot of the time you can actually eat more than those numbers so I like to go towards like the the 12 mark so your body weight by 12 um and then with maintenance then you can usually add on a couple of hundred onto that so it would be like maybe two or three hundred onto your highest deficit um and then for surplus you kind of just keep adding until you see your changes in yourself so you kind of you'd really have to pay close attention like to how your progress is going and keep assessing it each week, like what weight scales is, what way your measurements are, what way your clothes are feeling, what way are you feeling in yourself and keep adding until the point where you see that there's a change happening and then you can kind of hover around there for a little while. Yeah, perfect. And like what kind of um, food tracking apps would you recommend? Like I know personally I've used FitnessPal, but is there any certain apps you'd recommend to use to track calories? Uh, just my FitnessPal really is probably the most standard one. It mm. has the most range of things on it basically and there's a lot of uh, verified foods on it as well uh, because if you're on my fitness pal some people kind of get confused because they're like well this one says that for two eggs it's this this many calories but for two eggs with this one it's this many calories why are they different and the reason why they're different is because literally anybody can go in and create this food and it might be completely inaccurate um, but they have little verified ticks beside some of them to like to, to let you know that basically my fitness pal has verified this it's correct kind of thing so it's handy that way oh no I never actually knew that that the tick means it's verified yeah that's great and like um I remember I put it up in my story actually um a couple of days ago is that like I literally only started um working on my upper body um mm -hmm. this summer so since July like I've I been saw your progress actually <laughs> <laughs> I've been I know like for me now that's a, a lot of progress but it's only small but we'll get there it is progress <laughs> um so like I've been going to the gym now for like four or five years and it was only ever lower like it was just legs 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 that's I never did my arms and like I think there's such a myth that people are afraid that if they start like if they start number one lifting weights at all or number two if they start doing upward that they start that they will look bulky and they'll put on weight so like you know yeah. I suppose like what's kind of like you know I suppose is there any kind of guidance you can give along the lines that like you know lifting doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to put on loads of weight and get really bulky um mm. or kind of like what's your opinion on that I think um what I tell a lot of my clients to do is, when they start coaching me is to forget everything that they've ever learned before <laughs> because just because it's generally it's around it's based around a lot of myths and stuff like that and like that the myth of you train you lift heavy you get bulky all that kind of stuff um you won't get bulky and you won't get heavy overnight like it's not going to happen like that there's a lot of people who like a lot of women especially like me i'd like to see like my legs get bigger my shoulders get bigger like I've been trying for a very long time to, to, for them to get bigger and they're still not really that, that much bigger. 
So I think people think it can happen really fast or whatever, but they're also comparing themselves, like women are comparing themselves to when they see men train and they see men like getting big and all that kind of stuff. Men, their hormone makeup is just completely different to ours. We don't have the same levels of the hormones that they have. We're never going to progress as fast as they would. So it's something that we kind of just need to kind of coach your clients through just to let them know that it's really not going to happen. Um, and as well, if you're eating the right amount for your goal, that's not going to happen. You know, and the women that you do see that are huge and they are massive, they've worked to get to that point and it, it didn't happen overnight. And their training has been on point for many, many years. They have been eating properly for many, many years um, and it would be their number one goal. Whereas for the average female client that's just looking for fat loss, it's just really never going to happen, yeah. like ever. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, because I thought before, like, if I lifted any bit of upper weight, I would, that was it. I was going to be turned into a bodybuilder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, even now, I work so hard to get a tiny bit of muscle in my arms. Um, so that's definitely true. Like, I actually love shoulders as well on women. I think it's just so attractive just to see like a yeah. little nice shoulder, and you can see a little bicep. I just think it's really nice. Yeah, I absolutely agree because like my arms were just like two limbs before, and I think it's so nice to have a bit of definition in the arms, like your yeah. legs. Um, yeah. But I suppose back to the calories there actually um, with this one is that like I found when I first started my my first proper diet plan, like say now I was probably on something ridiculous like a thousand calories a day or something really little, like three, three small meals a day. And then it was bumped up to almost 2000 calories a day. And mm -hmm. I was just like, it was a shock to the system trying to fit in these six meals um, and like, you know, increasing loads of carbs and kind of like trying to get all those calories in. So for mm -hmm. someone who is finding it, finding that they don't have the hunger and that they, they're finding it really hard to get all these calories and what advice do you give to them? Um, so again, it's just kind of all about planning and making it work for your own lifestyle. Um, so let's say for a typical client that I might have who is trying to bring her calories up, um, she might struggle to get the calories in at the start. And the reason being is because maybe she generally skips breakfast and it comes to lunchtime or the time it's her first meal, or she might just have like soup for her lunch and a little sandwich or something like that. Um, tricks like starting to eat earlier in the day is obviously going to mean that you're going to get more calories in. Um, having foods that are high in fats is going to bring your calories up as well because for, so for the likes of carbohydrate and protein, they're both four calories per gram, whereas fats are nine calories per gram. So naturally you're going to get more calories in a fat source. Um, so if you bring the likes of like peanut butter, cooking in oils, um, adding oils to salads, using butter on your toast, all that kind of stuff. Because people often when they're dieting as well will go straight for low fat options. And there's nothing wrong with fat and there's nothing wrong with low fat either. But it's just that when you are trying to get those calories in, it can be hard. Um, it could be a case of as well, like I said about the soup and sandwich, like instead of having something that's really small, like have a meal for your lunch. So like I just have for my lunch, usually I would have like my dinner, but just at lunchtime, you know, so it's a big meal. Um, so you can get a lot of calories in that way as well. And maybe not use things like I said about people associating diet foods. So Joe, like people automatically go for a slim bagel over a normal bagel, or they'll go for the Slimster buns instead of a normal burger bun. Just have the normal stuff and that's gonna help you get those calories in. Also adding things like sauces to your foods is gonna bring those calories up as well. And like snacking on nuts and things like that. Yeah, so definitely. Um, Cause like what I found is like, you know, you're giving your diet plan and it's like, this is why I have a breakfast, this is why I have a lunch, dinner, you know, they're set meals. Mm -hmm. But what I um, figured out is like, you know, 
like make your meals work around your day don't let your day work yeah. around your meals um because yeah. like say now like okay if I have to have this for breakfast you mightn't be able to eat until you know one o'clock or something so mm. it's like mix your meals around and find what works for you and yeah. you know meal prep the night before and also like like go with meals that are um like doable make sure they're realistic don't go with something yeah. that requires a lot of effort if you're not someone that's into cooking a lot um yeah. you know make go with meals that are like easy options and don't be going with anything complex and that way like it's a lot more achievable yeah things like express rice and veg that's already chopped up like you can get those already prepared all those things are going to make it so easy and like pastas that are in the fridge section they'll take literally three minutes to cook and there's loads of calories in those you know? so, <laughs> so those things, adding cheese as well is another thing and yeah. um, people often think like let's say they were having they've planned their day and they're trying to reach their calories, but they still see that they've got loads of calories left over. They Instead of them just going back to those meals that they've already put in and just making them bigger, they feel like they have to keep adding in more bits. So it feels mm. like they're constantly eating. So instead of just adding in the bits, instead of having 30 grams of oats, let's have 60 grams of oats. Yeah. You know, Or instead of having 10 grams of Nutella, let's have 30 grams of Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> let's bring, just bring the ingredients up rather than trying to add in loads of extra bits. Yeah, exactly. And like, just keep things as simple as possible. I think just we naturally tend to overcomplicate everything. And if we just like to simplify everything down, it's a lot more, it's a lot more achievable. Um, yeah, so I suppose um, the next thing is like, you know, it's Christmas time now. We're into the Christmas fes- festivities. We're all heading out for drinks and meals and everything. So Christmas is a really daunting time for people as they feel they've worked so hard all year and they are afraid that they're going to lose everything they've achieved over a few days. Um, so you like, do you have any tips or guidelines to try and help people not fall off the bandwagon too much over the Christmas period? Yeah, so I actually did an IGTV, IGTV about this a couple of days ago. Um, basically, it's kind of the same approach that you would take for PMS and for like being on your period. Just bring your calories up, bring them up to make sense um, and allow yourself the food that you're actually going to want and don't focus too much on like the macronutrient kind of target of things. Like don't worry too much about your protein. Don't worry about your carbs. Don't worry about your fats. Just try and keep it within your calorie range um, and just not to be overly restrictive and just be realistic with what you actually want. Um, but you could also as well, like just because I've given that advice of bringing your calories up doesn't mean that people actually have to do that. They can also choose to not do anything at all and just enjoy themselves and just kind of deal with it and just accept that okay this isn't a time that I'm going to make progress but it is a time that I'm going to make memories and I am going to enjoy it and just kind of drawing the line from having to make progress all the time um because I think that's something that people get kind of really stuck into is they feel like every week they need to be making progress and it's like sometimes the most progress is not progressing and just staying the same that's progress you know and being able to maintain so I think either bring your calories up and decide that you're going to eat around maintenance or else just don't think about it at all and do whatever you want. But just set an end date to when you're going to stop doing that. Hmm. So like, don't start doing that from the 21st of December and not stop until mid-January. Like, Be realistic and be like, okay, well, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, St. Stephen's Day are generally the ones that people kind of want to enjoy and let their hair down. Anything after that, between then and New Year's, I would say maybe try and rein it back in again and then have your New Year's, have your New Year's Day, and then let's just rein it back in from there. Um, but just don't go pulling your calories back after it. Just go straight back to normal and focusing on nutrients and all the important bits. Yeah, definitely. Because I saw um, a really interesting point. Like, so say now, like, 
December, we associate December as Christmas. So, you know, not every day is going to be like they say that you should go by event day. So say now for me, if I take, for example, if you're out, say the 26th and then you're out, say 28th and I are out to 31st, they're event day. Yeah. So, you know, you are going to be letting your hair down and, you know, you're yeah. not going to be thinking about calories. But then the other days, say now when you're working from home, just normal, when you have nothing on, let those be your non-event days. So strive to stick to routine and stick your plan yeah. on those days. Um, rather than saying you're a feck it, it's Christmas every day this yeah. month. Um, yeah. That way, you know, that kind of helps as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, definitely. So, like, Sarah, if you could give yourself um, advice to yourself 10 years ago in regards to nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, what would you like to have told your younger self? Um, <laughs> one. I'm putting you on a spot Don't with this do Don't do keto. That would be my, my biggest advice. <laughs> Um, but I suppose maybe reach out sooner and get help sooner rather than me kind of trying to wing it myself um, and get professional advice. And if I, I think if I had been growing up, like I think most families, um, most Irish families, I'm just speaking now for myself, but most Irish families, um, generally we don't have good relations with food, like generally. Um, <clears throat> like you said earlier, um, in your house, bread was considered like a staple kind of thing or whatever, and you'd you'd avoid it because you think it was the devil. That came from our parents telling us that, and those parents got that from their parents, and it just it kind of. So I think just um, when you're living with people that obviously are your family and they've learned these kind of myths themselves, it's hard for you not to take them on. Um, but I think that's what I'm going to obviously do going forward. Like I'm thinking about when I'm having a family, I don't want my child to think that they can't have bread and that they can't have chocolate when they're, you know, they, I just don't want them to ever think that. And I want them to not actually have the need to diet because they won't have had that restrictive and binge relationship in the first place. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I just would have reached out sooner and got help sooner and learned everything sooner <laughs> yeah. if I had that's very true and like um it's actually funny because like in my house um we weren't allowed to eat fat fryer I know there's pros and cons to it um <laughs> so the the pros is obviously I never had defat fried dinners or you know chips yeah. or nuggets like any other child but then the cons was that like every weekend I'd go out and I'd have to get a bag of chips because I was like you know, I was craving them and I was being restricted them so again like that it's very important to educate your you know your families and your friends that like you shouldn't restrict anything, but should, you should learn how to, to deal with it in moderation. Balance it, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So I suppose with that, um, Sarah, you've recently released your own ebook, so massive congratulations on that, I'm sure. There's a lot of hard work um, and time put into it, so massive. A lot of tears, a lot of tears. <laughs> <laughs> but it was most definitely worth it. So I suppose if you want to wrap up by telling us about your ebook, where we can find it, and your plans for the next six months. Um, so my ebook, you can get it on sascpt.ie. Um, you can get a link for it there. It's basically just surrounding the whole binge restrict cycle and just making your whole dieting process a whole lot easier. Um, and like I said, I, I just want you to try and improve your relationship with food first and foremost, and kind of improve your relationship with relationships with yourself so that you're not so hard on yourself and not expecting these like not putting unrealistic expectations on yourself and this horrible pressure and um, that's what it's all about and just making it easy and breaking it down there's also a couple of um diet-ish templates in there so like based off different calorie goals 
Um, and then there's a home-based training plan and there's also a gym-based training plan in there as well with lots of other information about periods and all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's on sascpd.ie and my goal for, what is it, the next six months, is it? Yeah. Um, so I've got a photo shoot, another one. I just booked it in February. Um, oh, yeah, it's exciting. I did one in July, I think. Uh, with Stephen Black and it was honestly the best day of my life <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to do it again and I, I want a goal to work with um so that's my plan for like training wise um work wise I've got big things coming <laughs> so watch this <laughs> watch this face <laughs> yeah we're working on a few behind the scenes um so hopefully those will be coming soon and I'm working on actually releasing a journal um I've been working on it for like the last probably a month or so um but it's just trying to finalize it now and bringing that out so hopefully there'll be a journal out soon says cpt journal yeah. brilliant i'll be sure to include all of these links and i am um, so people can be able to see all of these and definitely sarah's ebook is brilliant if you're someone who just wants to know everything about nutrition um or improve like your fitness or anything then definitely check out her ebook um for more information thanks so much sarah for coming on it's an absolute pleasure to speak with you and i'm sure Everyone's going to get plenty of tips and tricks around nutrition from this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having Thank you for listening to the Come Here To Me podcast. Lots of more exciting and inspiring guests to come this year. So keep an eye on all my social media channels.